Hi, everybody. So I love this episode of Coach's Corner. I wanted to have someone on that could talk about the importance of play and connection because this week's coaching episode with Helen was all about why we don't do the things that are good for us, like our self-care practices, meditation, so on and so forth. And a big reason why is because we need three kinds of connection connection with ourself, connection with higher power, and then connection with others. And when we don't have that soul food, that connection with others, those self-care practices are even harder because, you know, they feel isolating. And we want to rebel when we're unbalanced in any area of our connection. And as little kids, a big part of our emotional health was playing. And as adults, we've gotten really sucky at play. We don't play enough. And sometimes the way we play is through drinking or eating or watching TV or video games or those kinds of things. But that that very childlike, innocent, connection-based, fun-based, giggle-based play is something that I don't think is stressed enough. So as I was thinking about who to have on, of course, Charlie Hone came to mind. I got connected with him in Austin, and you'll hear a little bit more about his story when I talk to him, but basically, he cured his anxiety through connection and play, and now is committed to creating more playful adults. So listen up as Charlie teaches us the importance of playing connection. Just a little bit more about him. He is the author of Play It Away, A Workaholic's Cure for Anxiety, which was called The Cure to Your Stress by Tony Robbins. Charlie has advised leaders on the topic of mental wellness at the Pentagon, U.S. military, and Tesla. His blog is the number one Google result for the search Cure Anxiety. I so acknowledge Charlie for being the voice of play and connection, and I think you'll really enjoy what he has to share with us today. Well, hey, Charlie, thank you so much for coming on to Coach's Corner and sharing with us about play today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Christine. Yeah. So you and I connected in Austin. And one of the things we connected about is that we both had suffered with anxiety. And I had shared with you about my journey with depression. And so many times we kind of think the antidote, the cure for that is, you know, all this like self-care and meditating and all these things. And in my episode this past week with Helen, what we really got to is often you know, these practices are hard to do because they're they're isolating. And so we need more play. We need more connection. And that led us into this conversation about how the, the rates of anxiety and depression are really, really on the rise. And I love the, the stand that you've taken on this and that we're missing a, a fundamental part of being human that's contributing to why so many people are anxious and depressed and having a harder time with those self-care practices. So I'd love for you just to talk and teach a little bit about why that is. Yeah. So ever since the 1950s, uh, mental illnesses have been going up and there have been a few, there have been a number of variables linked to it, but the strongest correlation that um, a number of researchers and sociologists have found has been the chronic erosion of play. Uh, So ever since the 50s, the amount of time that children get having recess has gone down dramatically, and uh, the amount of homework and the amount of testing and our culture's obsession with education has gone way, way up. And What's what's happened is the, each each year um, they've surveyed kids with basically the same questions, stuff like, "Do you feel in control of your life? 
And uh, the amount of major depression that's reported now is roughly eight times higher than it was um, 50 to 70 years ago. Kids are four times more likely to commit suicide. And this extends into adulthood. And um, and I'm, I'm citing research done by guys like Peter Gray and Dr. Stuart Brown, people who've been doing this for a long, long time. Um, but when you raise children to view the world as a proving ground or a battleground where they have to compete and where they constantly have to jump through these hoops to, to get affection or to think that their life is okay, it sends them on a dramatically different life um, than, than they would have. So um, a healthier way of viewing the world or of raising kids is to view the world as a playground. The people around you are potential playmates. Every moment is an opportunity to have fun and to immerse yourself in the present. And that's what, uh, you know, encouraging people to do meditation and yoga and all this stuff is really focusing on getting them into the present moment and being okay with it and not worrying about the future. And to me, the meditation and yoga, they're, they're great practices, but I think as, as a whole, individuals in our society are chronically isolated and lonely, and that creates a lot of, that just kind of compounds the anxiety, right? When, when you... When you go through life alone um, and feeling like you're disconnected from your friends, it's very stressful. So the easiest way, I think, to combat that stress, combat that anxiety is not to take a bunch of yoga classes or to, to force yourself into this meditation routine, which can be really hard because for a lot of people, that's another proving ground, Right. Mm -hmm. it, it just turns into another thing that becomes a job for them. And the, and you hear people say stuff like, oh, I just suck at meditation. I'm not very good, which is like saying I'm not very good at prayer. It's like no one's grading you. <laughs> it's your own thing, you know. So I think the easiest way to shift out of that is to make play, make um, hanging out and having fun with your friends, guilt free fun. Uh, just doing stuff that makes you laugh and gets you in the present, doing stuff that you like. And one of the best exercises for figuring out, you know, getting back in touch with, with what those things are is sitting down and just kind of writing down the things you remember doing when you were a kid, when no adult was forcing you to do them, no adult was watching you or judging you or, you know, you just turn to these activities on your own for hours at a time. You would find yourself getting uh, immersed in them because they were so much fun. Uh, you can even call up your friends from childhood and ask them, what do you remember us doing when, you know, when we were just having fun goofing off? And, uh, and, and you'll be surprised at how consistent um, – or, or the, the few activities that you turn to still probably bring you a lot of joy now. Mm -hmm. You know, when I, did, when I did this exercise, I kind of realized the things I did the most were I played, I played catch. Um, I played a, a lot of baseball growing up, but um, 
I got burned out on baseball when I was playing in high school because it came, it became so serious and, uh, it, it was, it, it became this stressful thing that used to be just all about having fun with my friends. So, um, I played a lot of catch and home run derby growing up. I built things with my hands. Um, I, I filmed funny sketches with my friends. I pulled a lot of practical jokes and pranks. And so one of the, the, the thing that helped me overcome this debilitating anxiety and burnout was signing up for improv because it allowed me to get back into that jokester mentality and, and that playfulness. And at the same time I was doing, um, you know, I was, I was playing catch with my friends. I was, uh, instead of setting up coffee meetings with people, we would go to the park and play catch with an aerobi flying disc or something. And I just started incorporating these things that I did all the time when I was a kid back into my weekly routine. None of them were yoga. None of them were meditation. But I'd spent years prior to that trying to, you know, basically fix my anxiety, get it under control. And nothing had worked up until practicing play on a regular basis yeah I I I can't agree with you more Charlie like and I love that you're giving people suggestions because this was so huge for me too especially as sort of an intellectual person and someone that was in my mind you know Mm -hmm. and and there was so much shame too about depression and anxiety and all those things and even if I went to yoga I you know I still felt alone there and and so mm-hmm. for me the, the I, I'm thinking too like what did I play as a kid and there are two things I really loved games like I love mm-hmm. playing games and whenever I'm with friends and we have a game night I'm like high for four days like yeah. I love funny games they're so fun and I love making up skits and performing so for me like so for me taking improv classes were was huge as well and and I, I want to just say and I don't know how it was for you it did feel awkward. It wasn't like I walked into an improv class and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> I, I, I felt nervous. I felt yeah. awkward. I felt like this little kid again. You know, when we're oh. little kids, we don't have that kind of awkwardness about play. So as adults, like I, I ha- that was one of the things I had to push through. So for people listening, like don't think that, you know, if you're nervous or if it feels awkward, it, you're not on the right track. Sometimes we got to like warm back up to it. Did you have that 100%. experience? Oh yeah, totally. I mean, it was with with catch and stuff. You know, that's that's not exactly an, an, uh, a nervous thing for me because it was just it felt like home. But um, improv, totally. And improv's not exactly for everybody. You know, if you never did those things as a kid, maybe maybe that just feels awkward and uncomfortable for you. But I think improv should be taken by anybody who wants to get back into a more playful mindset, even just one lesson, because you do learn these fundamental tenets that can get you through life. Instead of You don't realize in your mind how when you're anxious or depressed, how everything that happens to you, you're mentally shutting it down. You're saying, oh, that sucks. Oh, that's wrong. Uh, no, I don't want this. Improv conditions you to say yes to everything. Mm-hmm. And when you do this, there's this kind of magic switch that goes off in your brain at some point when you're like, oh, I didn't realize I could do that to everything in life. And that's the way you're supposed to be with life is there, there shouldn't be this divider in your mind that's dividing things between good and bad, right and wrong. Life is just life. 
And if you're accepting it and embracing it and playing with it and dancing with it, then you're not really stressed out. You're not really anxious because everything is as it is and it's supposed to be that way. So it's a, it's yeah. a beautiful practice for living. I was, and I can think of an example of this this morning. So I'm on my way to a yoga class this morning and the yoga class starts at 7.15 and the Whole Foods across the street opens at 7 where I can get my yerba mate tea they brew fresh that I like before my yoga class. So I'm in line and there's this guy in front of me who like keeps messing up the credit card swiper and I could choose in that moment to get anxious or I could play with him. And so mm-hmm. I was kind of joking with him. I'm like, I'm having trouble keeping my yoga vibe right now, trying to make it to my yoga class, you know, and, and we just had this playful moment. And that's the choice mm-hmm. we have in any situation. We can get anxious and mm-hmm. suffer, or we can disconnect and be annoyed by people, or we can engage and we can play. And right. I just, I'm so, I, I'm so appreciative and I really acknowledge you for being the voice of play and really stressing the importance of it because I really do think in our busy, busy, busy burnout kind of world that play is not something that's done enough. Mm -mm. Well, thank you, Christine. I mean, there's, there are a lot of people who know this stuff way better than I do. My, my friend Gwen Gordon, I think you should talk to at some point. She, uh, she, she worked as a Muppet designer for Sesame street and huh. she, yeah, she, she's a world-class player. Um, and, but I, I agree with you. I mean, the, the world takes itself very seriously. And I think it's really easy to get caught up, especially online and seeing other people living uh, uh, better lives than you or what you think, you know, when you see the highlight reel only. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so you, you tend to feel uh, bad if you're, if you're kind of in that, in that mode of consuming media online or, or the news and you tend to think things are very scary but it's playing going out there and playing with your friends or the people around you you start to the world treats you very differently when you are the one who's instigating fun they tend to respond very positively back with you and you might meet your next significant other that way because you were playful, because attractive, the, one of the most attractive traits that both genders look for is playfulness. Yes. And, um, so it's, you really have nothing to lose by just adding that back into your life and, and viewing life as a series of, of moments, of opportunities where you can have your own guilt-free fun rather I than... rather than. Uh, a battleground or the the place where you have to constantly prove yourself oh such a relief it's such a relief it's like <laughs> oh gosh we don't have to be grown-ups a hundred percent of the time <laughs> yeah yeah and you know it's it's been that way historically as well as um, there's there have been these cultures that have really celebrated playfulness and and have celebrated the wisdom, the innate wisdom that a lot of kids have. And it's not every culture, but a lot of cultures have that. And yeah. I think it's something that we, we should value and hold on to. 100%. Well, thank you so much for playing with me and all the over it and on with it listeners today. I appreciate your wisdom. And it, if people want to play with you more and find out more about what you do and read some of the amazing things you've written, where can people find you? Sure. Um, if you Google cure anxiety, 
I'm the first one that comes up. And there's a bunch of stuff on my website that you can check out. And otherwise, you can look on Amazon. And I got some books on there, too. Awesome. Thank you, Charlie. Have a beautiful, playful day. Thanks, Christine. You too.